everybody. This is Katie K9, and we're live at the Minnesota State Fair. Only one more day, well, a day and a half. Half a day today, and then all day tomorrow. So welcome, welcome. I got some people out here in the audience. Say yay, everybody, yay, and clap your hands. Yay, 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 yay. Woohoo, yay. There you go. See, I wasn't lying. There are actual people here. <laughs> Beautiful day, real sunny. Lots of sun, I should say. So I'll be taking your uh, your calls all all two hours here. So don't hesitate to give a call at the station at 651-641-1071. And, of course, always i got stuff to talk about. And this week, it was, it was pretty good. I uh, got the lawn mowed again, and I actually had to do it again today, but I didn't. I came here. Hey, Brian, how was your week this week? It was pretty good. I worked at the fair on Wednesday and Thursday, and I went out um, on Friday to go see some friends. And, oh, uh, did you? Yeah, so it was a good time. You know, it was really busy, uh, surprisingly, on Friday. So I think everyone's trying to beat the Labor Day rush. Yeah, you mean at the fair here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when you were here working, did you get a chance either before or after to hang out a little bit, or did you just head home? I just head home um, oh, okay. because I, I probably should have stayed because, uh, you know, not too many people were out there, but... Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely getting busier. Oh, yeah. No, today it was really, like I said, I'd say it's double what it was last Sunday. So, oh, wow. And, you know, last Sunday, you remember, it was, what, three days of rain? So I thought last Sunday would have been, you know, really busy, busy. But, no, it's, it's, it's cool. Got people here. It's always fun watching people, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. We're very diversified. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, good. I'm glad you had a great week, and so did I. And uh, all the animals are doing good. And I uh, got to see my great, great grandson. Yes, I'm a great, great grandma. Don't I look good? <laughs> and so, yeah, he learned about chickens last night. He is uh, five months old, I believe. And so uh, his name is Cyril. And so we had got fun. And the cats, he was fascinated by the cats. Uh, the horse, my horse, Jake, he wasn't too sure about him. But he was really fascinated with the ladies as they were running around picking up stuff. So, so hopefully you got some questions. And as the nights are getting cool, guess what happens? We turn on the heat. Right now, when the heat comes on, guess what happens to our skin? It gets dry, right? And so does our pets. And we forget about that. And so now when we start turning on the heat, we need to start building up the omega-3s and 6s in our animals, in our dogs and our cats. So that means fish oil, uh, sard canned sardines and water. I hate sardines. They smell so bad. <laughs> But every Tuesday is sardine day at the Riapel house. Uh, the outside cats, all the cats, all the dogs. Oh, well, I only got one dog now. Uh, gets a can of sardines, and that's really good for the omega threes and sixes. So really start thinking about uh, boosting up their omega threes and sixes through, um, you know, the oils. All right. Now remember, your large fish, salmon, and tuna have uh, heavy metal content. We're not supposed to eat big fish, you know, on a regular basis, maybe once a week because of the heavy metal content. But if you've got sardines, mackerel, um, krill, all the small fish, then that's fine. It doesn't have the heavy metal content that the big dogs do. Our big dogs, big fish do. So start thinking about that. Uh, as far as, you know, how much, everybody says, well, how much? You know, for a small dog, you know, it's probably like, uh, if you want to think of it in mega milligrams, uh, like a 500 for a small dog, a thousand for a medium, and 1500 to um, a, a 2000 for a large dog. All right. And so that's why if you take fish oil, give some to your dog if they'll eat the capsules. Uh, you can get, I find it easier for most people where you get the, 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 uh, what do you want to call it? The, that, not canister, but the, the, 
the plastic doohickey <laughs> that has the bump on it. <laughs> That's easier because most dogs and cats will take that when you put it on top of their food. Okay, believe it or not, canned sardines. Every cat will eat that, and most dogs will eat the canned sardines also. So, so anyway, so so start boosting up the omega threes and sixes because that's why dogs itch and cats itch. It's not because they got fleas and then everybody thinks, oh, they, they got skin problems. And the only skin problem they got is that they're low on their omega threes and sixes. All right, so it's just hard to believe. It just seemed like September one, ding. Then uh, now the trees are changing, but due to stress more so. And then also what's happening is that uh, uh, just that coolness in the air is just like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I got to mark that off. So I said that. And speaking of stress, now, Brian, do you have any, do you have a dog or cat? Uh, no, I do okay. not. I couldn't remember because Brian has just been with us. What have you been with us? About a month now? Yeah, about a month. Yeah, yeah. this will be a week and a month, I believe. Okay. So, well, yeah. Con- congratulations. You made it <laughs> so far. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> But the big thing about stress in animals, okay, does, do many of you guys out here, do you know if you, how if your dog is stressed at all? Do you have any idea? I'll give you some keys on why, how you know your dog is stressed. Okay, first of all, I'm sure you've all seen this. A dog might be sitting there or like in class or whatever, and the dog yawns. And usually what most people acquaint that with is boredom, that my dog is bored because he yawned. No, that's a stress signal. Yawning is a stress signal. Right. Another thing is is uh, being very nervous. Obviously, you know where your dog is normally calm. He's starting to pant, and there's really no reason for panting. He hasn't been running. It's not hot out, so there's really no reason for panting. Okay, that's a stress signal. Um, uh, this is what drove me nuts on hot days. What I saw, you know, people walking their dogs, and they're not paying any attention to the dogs themselves. And the dogs are starting to lag, and the tongue is starting to get lower, and the head's starting to get lower, and that dog is starting to stress out. It's saying, I'm trying hard, Ma. I'm trying hard, Dad, but uh, we need to take a break here. But many people just don't really look out for their pets, and that drives me nuts. Um, another stress signal is is dogs that go out of character as far as, uh, let's say they're very agreeable and all of a sudden they're fighting you on the leash or whatever. And people have a tendency when a dog is stre- barking is a stress signal sometimes. You know, yeah, there's the barkety-barkety somebody's at the door. There's barkety-barkety, who are you? But if, it, if the dog is starting to bark, you know, like really bad at something, you're not even really sure. Okay, people have a tendency or they're being pushy with you or they're being pushy with other dogs. But we have a tendency to start screaming at them. Not it up, bad dog, shame on you. Okay, that's the worst thing you can do for a dog that's stress. Now, another worst thing that humans do that stress out dogs is they have a tendency to coddle a dog that is stressed. Oh, they're there, it's okay, don't worry. That's a human emotion. In a dog's world, you look like a weenie, all right? You look like somebody not worth following. Because when a dog is stressed, not, they're not, that's not a time to punish a dog. That when a dog is stressed, that's the time to be a good leader and say, hey, buddy, what's going on? Let's go check this out. Let's go look over here. Let's look at this blade of grass. Hey, look at that poster over there. Hey, what about you think about that, that tree or that, that, that chair over there? Get the dog onto something else. Don't come down and start screaming and yelling at the dog. Because, uh, like, let's say you enter a situation and the dog is barking bad at another dog. Your knee-jerk human reaction is to go and give him a correction and go, knock it off. 
And the dog's like, but, 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 but. And he's nervous. And so they, that's the worst thing you got to do. First, you got to figure out, is he stressed or is he being reactive? But being reactive a lot of time is stress. So what you want to do is you want to diffuse. You say, oh, you be nice. Oh, be so nice. Come on, be nice. Yes, you can. Come here. Let's go. Let's re- get to redirect the dog. Not with treats, but with your voice and your confidence. Because um, so many during the COVID here, so many of the dogs were coming up from down south, from uh, breeder mills, where the dogs, a lot of the breeders, you know, the, either the females aren't breeding back, and so they go up for auction, and then the rescue brings, brings them up here. And so those dogs are hugely stressed because they come into people's houses, and they have no idea what a house is. They lived in a kennel or a dirt or a barn for their whole life. They have no idea of human kindness, okay? And we, we want to hug them and kiss them and make them all better. And the dog goes, yikes! Why is your face in my face? Why are you holding me? These are all strange things for a dog, and it stresses them out. So that's why a lot of people, when they get a dog that seems stressed like that, wants to recoil, they don't train the dog because they're afraid that the, they're going to make the dog more um, recoil even more. No, what the dog is looking for is some guidance, some strength to follow. And so that's why I just had an email this week of a person that got one in, I think, April. And uh, they were saying, you know, no matter what, he hates my husband. He's always barking at my husband. And usually most, and I, I, I don't want to stereotype, but it kind of is the way it is. Uh, most puppy mills are ran by guys. Guys are doing the the work. They're doing the feeding, doing the kennel cleaning. And some of them are not nice. You know, to them, this is just money in a cage. It's not a dog. It's not a pet. It's just ching-ching, how many they can pump out in a litter. And so a lot of the guys made those dogs scared of guys. And so that's why they, they usually the shy ones have a tendency to go towards the wives because of they, that's what they, they don't, they're not intimidating. Their voice isn't as deep and as gnarly as the guy's voice is. Usually most women's actions are a little bit slower than guys, and they don't have the big statute. You know, like most guys are, you know, bigger, broader, such like that. So anyway, so what you got to do when you have a dog that is stressed or is recoiling because doesn't understand, you know, about humans yet because they haven't really been around them, just like when people would, um, uh, Rescued the greyhounds. The greyhounds, we used to have the tracks up here. Okay, uh, everybody, they bring the greyhound into the house. First of all, the greyhound knows nothing about stairs. And you, did you get a big dog up a stairs? It's really tough when they know nothing about stairs. All right. Then also, they've never been asked to potty train. They, the door just opens, they go out, they pee, they poop, they come back in, they lay down. Greyhounds always, all they did was stood, ate, ran, laid, and did it again. They weren't asked to do nothing. And that's what these breeder dogs are asked to do nothing other than breed, breed, breed. And their system is stressed, their brain is stressed. So you got to have a lot of, when you take one of these, I've been trying to work with the rescue groups, is that if you want a rescue, a dog from the, um, a breeder dog that has never known human kindness, you must have an existing dog that is a very calm and easygoing dog because then that breeder rescue dog is going to follow the lead of that other dog because that's all he knows is dogs. And then eventually he'll warm up. With my Ethel, my three-and-a-half-pound Ethel, it took me two years, two years for that dog that when I came into her room, she came running to me. Otherwise, I was always, she tiptoed so far. And then when my other dogs would come up, she'd come up behind them going, oh, it's okay to go up to her then? <laughs> you know, but until she finally got the confidence and, and trusted me, it took me two years. And if you have, that's the only dog you have, and you're trying to, you know, pet the dog, you get impatient because you don't understand how scared they are. 
But anyway, so am I over, Brian? Yeah, just by a little bit, but Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well, give out the thing. Okay, this is Inventions in Minnesota. Inventions in Minnesota. Okay, you ready for this? Da-da-da-da-da. What was invented by three Mayo Clinic physicians in 1935 for Northwest Airlines? We'll be right back. Yes, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It feels very fallish. And the clouds are so cool to watch because they're not moving that fast. And we did this yesterday because they're moving slower. Looking for, like, I found two dogs in clouds. <laughs> and it was so fun just to sit there and just watch them because, like I said, they're moving so slow. So, anyway, you can watch clouds and listen to KDK9 all at the same time. What a glorious day. All right. What was the three Mayo Clinic positions in 1935? What did they invest? Bent for Northwest Airlines. Do you have any idea there, Mr. Bryant? Um, I have no clue, actually. It would be the oxygen mask. Oh, nice. So the oxygen, uh, yeah, I can say that. Oxygen masks <laughs> were based on, uh, where, where, you know, invention that, you know, came from Minnesota. So three Mayo Clinic finished in 1935 for Northwest Airlines. So we need to thank those three physicians for the Air mask. I mean the the mask. All right. So run say again. If you got a question, please call in six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one one zero seven one. So we're taking calls, even though I'm at the state fair. And then Brian's feeling the call, so then we can answer them for you. All right. So please make give Brian something to do, so he doesn't have to listen to me for two hours <laughs> all by himself. <laughs> but anyway, and when we went to break, we were talking about dogs being stressed. So the big thing is, like, when your dog is barking at something, or like, let's say you're going out, uh, you're on a walk, and most dogs become reactive on a leash. Because if they barked at other dogs before and you see another dog, the minute the dog signals, alerts, so, hey, there's a dog, most owners tighten up the leash and that signals to the dog that, hey, there's a problem ahead. All right. And so what happens is that then it becomes a vicious circle. And now the dog becomes leash aggressive because you've been tightening up on the leash. And so what I know most of people are, are doing harnesses, okay? And folks, it, no matter if it's a walk with ease harness or a harness harness, harnesses restrain, they don't train, all right? You learn to hold the dog back. And I've seen many dogs slip out of these harnesses, and there's a lot of problem that could happen with that. But the whole thing is, is what you want to do is you got to find a training collar. And you know, every, you know, one that I really like that works for most dogs is called the Star Mark Collar. You can get it online, or I guess uh, Pet Supplies Plus uh, carries them. I, you know, you can get them up. But you know, just call and ask for a Star Mark Collar. They come in large, or they come in small, and you can take the links. You can add and t- add links and take links out to adjust. And you want it to just slide on your dog's head and slide off. You don't. In my book, no matter what training collar they have on, whether it's a pinch collar, the metal ones that looks like a torture device out of 1800s, which I do use, but I fit them differently. And by that way, most trainers or what you, if you looked on YouTube, it, tell, it tells them to fit very snug and up behind the back of the ears. And in my book, it's like, the, well, where's the incentive to be good? There's constant pressure there. And that frustrates the dog. So whether you use a star mark collar or the prong collar, it should just slide over their head and slide off. And make sure you put your hands on the tines or the pyramids uh, so that as you slide it on that if the dog would turn his you know head that he don't poke him in the eye okay and training collars are only on the dog when the leash is attached and you're attached to the leash that's the only time a training collar is on 
all right? But the thing is, is their dogs learn by trial and error. They do this, this happens, they do that, that happens. So that's why I, I got a gal uh, this week that her dog, a Border Collie mix, which has high energy anyway, uh, when they go for a walk, all of a sudden started standing up on his back legs and like, like mouthing her and goading her or coming up behind her and, you know, coming by her butt and her back legs. And anyway, and no matter what she did, it just seemed like it perpetuated the, what she had a harness so there was no reaction she was just trying to pull him off and so i said try the star mark collar and to my I, you know all i can do is suggest things and so she went and got one like i said i think a pet supply plus or something like that but anyway and she tried it one bump and that dog looked at her like huh and all of a sudden she got the dog's attention and now guess what she's gone for several walks since i think it was wednesday tuesday or wednesday and the dog hasn't tried it once but she had, she had a harness before, so basically she just pulled the dog off, and the dog would jump back. Pulled. There was no uh, reaction to his action. Remember when, when dogs were with their mom, all dogs were with their mom? You guys heard me talk about this all the time. Is that, uh, okay, the pup was hanging off a of ma's lip or the tail or leg, and then, you know, mom would give a growl like, get off my face. And if the pup didn't listen, ma would quick pull out, grab the pup around the neck with her teeth, and squeeze and the pup would yelp, like, ouch, that hurt, all right? Then mom would slowly let go of her, her grip. Pup would slowly back off, like, sorry, sorry. A little bit later, the pup would slowly come back up to mom, like, still ticked. Mom would give a, oh, still ticked. And uh, step away with mom, step away from mom, all right? And so that's why the thing is, a training collar is needed at the beginning, but then you're teaching them words and what they mean, and eventually you don't need that training, training collar anymore. You built respect. Remember, dogs don't do things for us out of love. They do things for us out of respect and trust that we have earned. And that's why with, it took me two years with my little Ethel. It took two years to build that trust, to trust that humans are okay, that they, I was not there to harm her. And then obviously with training, we built respect. And so the whole thing is, is that's why the, if you have a really shy dog, the worst thing you can do is be the oh, there, there type. You want to help that dog through it, build that confidence. And that's through training. As far as trick training, um, uh, brain teasers, brain games for dogs, the more tricks you can, you can go on YouTube. Uh, Paul, the one that you just saw out here, I peed pretty near, I th he dropped his draw. Yeah, I was teasing him because he was doing something with his smartphone. And I said, ah. I said, dang, smartphones. He says, well, where's yours? I don't have one. What? I don't have a smartphone. I have a little, you know, the, when they first came out, remember when they went from walkie-talkies, you know, the big Nokias, okay, walkie-talkies, to the little small uh, flip phones? I have the little small flip phone. You need a magnifying glass to find the screen. But anyway, and it's in my visor of my truck. When I get the, uh, my bill at the end of the month, how many months used? Zero. And he couldn't believe I didn't have a smartphone. He thought I was pulling his leg. I says, no, I look up and out. That's what I enjoy. I don't look, I'm not in my faces and in my screen all the time. Even though I got to admit, I'd like to have the phone, no, I mean, not the phone, but the photos, taking pictures, you know, that have having a smartphone. I'd lose it. If, anybody that knows me, I don't bring a purse. I have pockets. If it don't fit in the pocket, it doesn't come with me. Okay, there's been a couple times in my life that I needed a purse, and the person I was with, I said, remind me that I have a purse because I don't normally carry one, and I will walk away without it. <laughs> and that means car keys and the whole kit and caboodle. So anyway, but so that's why what you got to look at is how dogs learn. And it's not me, master, you, dog. That is not it. Everybody wants to treat, train their dogs and looks like, oh, the dog knows what 
what he's doing. Then when you ask him to sit and you don't have that treat, the dog looks at you, quick air sniff, you ain't got a treat. Bye. Too many people don't phase the treats out fast enough, and then the dog becomes treat dependent. And some dogs actually get really fat, well, fat, and then also can get bad tummy aches from all the treats. Because the big thing is they use hot dogs. Okay, I don't know about you, but I try to find hot dogs that don't have the nitrate, the MSG, and all that kind of stuff in there for myself. And a lot of people just go buy these, like, bologna hot dogs, I call them, with all the stuff in them. And, and that's really hard in their dog's gut system. So, I mean, you got to look at the big picture here. you got to, you know, work from your heart. It's just like losing weight. Um, do you remember a long time when uh, Oprah Winfrey, she lost, I don't know how many pounds, what was it, like 70, 80 pounds, something like that. She came out on a stage with a wheelbarrow full of fat, okay? And anyway, and so she lo- lost it the quick way with Octofest. But guess what? What is it, a year later? She was then back to that and then some. Oh, we got to find something to do here. Okay, and then we're going to come back. Okay, uh, what was invented in Spring Valley, Minnesota? What was invented in spring? I'll give it as a piece of office equipment. We'll be back. We are back. I'm live in the Minnesota State Fair. Thank you for tuning in to the KDK9 show. Uh, that, you know, it's really kind of depressing, Brian. Because that State Fair is done, that means people go to the cabin on a regular basis. You know, aren't going up as frequently now. Because, like, technically kind of summer is ended. But then you know what? is that I always pride myself during the summer months. I'm during drive time. Drive time from, you know, four to six, people coming home from their cabin. <laughs> and now they're not going to be coming home as often. And then when snow flies, I'm really done with drive time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, a sad note. No more drive time. But I'm still here every Sunday, 4 to 6 p.m. Call in your cat questions, your dog questions. Okay, what was I here? Okay, what was, what was invented in Spring Valley, Minnesota? It's a piece of office equipment. I'll give you a hint. Have any idea, Brian? I'm going to go with pencil sharpener. Oh, it's kind of close. It goes on a desk. I'll give you one more. One more. It goes on a desk. Um, paperweight? Nope. It is a stapler. Oh, a all right. A stapler was invented in Spring Valley, Minnesota. It doesn't give any date on when that stapler came around. I got an antique stapler I'm very proud of. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. I don't know why I love stapling things. <laughs> Oh, fetishes, what can you say? Okay, we got a call you said. Let's take some callers. Yeah, so we got Ellen on the line, and she has a question about her dog and dealing with fear issues. Ah, fear, we were talking about that. Hi, Ellen, how are you doing? Hi, um, thanks for taking the call, Katie. Um, I have a a ten-and-a-half-year-old, Brittany, and we walk her three times a day, usually. And lately, the last couple weeks, Whenever she sees a UPS or um, Amazon truck, even a Coke truck the other day, she gets so nervous and she'll just stop. Like, I'm not going any farther. Dig her feet in. And sometimes we can get her to walk again, but other times she just wants to go home. And now, the last couple of days, she doesn't want to go for a walk most of the day, most of the times. She's okay. done maybe once a day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we- it's not sure what to do. Okay, when she acted like that, when she saw the UPS, now uh, regular cars and that, she's okay with? Just the I UPS? Think so, yeah. Yep. Okay, so when she acted like that the first time, what did you do? When she I stopped think you said the said deuce- it's okay, probably, and we said, let's go, come on, let's go. But we probably said it's okay, which you just said, don't say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, three, the three words that dogs hate it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it right. is okay. It's and the okay. reason is, is usually it's not okay. They're scared. Right. <laughs> right. But anyway, so, uh, okay, so now she stopped. Did you stop when she stopped? And to um, try to coax her to go with, we, or what? Did, 
Well, we tried to keep walking, but she had her feet dug in, and then we just kind of said, come on, let's go. And she'd walk, you know, at first she'd just keep walking with us as long as the car was out of the way. Okay. And now she doesn't want to even go. Okay, now are you, um, okay, you you said UPS driver before. Now is this with any vehicle now? It seems like, because I noticed with a Coke truck the other day, we were meeting someone in a, um area that was outside and this big coke truck pulled up and she just started shaking and standing there shaking okay and, and then did you start petting her like they're there it's okay uh, <laughs> yeah kind of i did probably i probably picked her up even because i thought oh okay yeah, see, yeah but so you're coddling you're telling her that's okay to act like that okay now yep, give it a couple there's a couple things here you want to do anytime a dog does this on, on uh, it's, and some puppies do that too you know, they just slam on the brakes and don't want to go forward. So what you're right. going to do is bring a squeak toy with you. Get Go to the dollar store and find a, an obnoxious squeak toy, one that's mm-hmm. small that you can put in your pocket, okay? okay. Now, when you go yep. for a walk, you're going to bring that with. So now okay. if she starts to slow down, like she's get, looking nervous, and she's looking around, you can see she's starting to shut down. Okay, yep. squeak the toy and go, squeak, 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 let's go, yay, you, yay, you. And then mm-hmm. we want to teach her the what is this game. In the house at first, put her on a leash just with her buckle collar, okay, yeah. and then you know, and then you're gonna go with a pointer finger. You're gonna go touch like the anything from eye height and lower. Go and touch like the corner of a chair. <gasps> what is this? What is this? What is this? Okay, you want her to come up and with her nose go over to your fingers touching the corner, and when she does, you praise her like crazy. Oh yeah, you yeah you yeah you, because what she's doing is she's trusting you that you're not leading into her. It leading her into something that's going to get her hurt or, or there's going to be a problem. So you, you go uh, take a load of laundry that you're going to be doing and drop it in the hallway. <gasps> to the dog, it looks like uh, something that shouldn't be there, and it looks like a big bear laying in the hallway. Go up to it. <gasps> what is this? What is this? <laughs> Don't pull her. It's got to be her idea. Yeah. Try it right. three times. And if, every time she takes one step forward, your goal is to get her up to that corner of that table or that chair or that pile of laundry. But if now after three times she hasn't gotten all the way up to it to touch your finger, just move on. Right. Say, okay, let's go. So what you're going to do, you're going to, once she gets, now you're building trust in her, okay? Oh. And then you're redirecting her. So now when, on walks, you're going to get her really good at this what is this game. You know, start mm-hmm. inside and then practice outside. That if she, when she, she's starting to react to a car. Now, th- this is the million-dollar point here. Most people wait to react to a dog's reaction. The dog mm-hmm. alerted there's a problem, and then people mm-hmm. wait to see if the dog's either going to freeze or run. So mm-hmm. the minute she alerts, like you can see, she stopped for a second, like what, she, what she's looking for something. What, was that something I should be scared of? Get into yeah. her head. Pop her thought bubble. Oh, what is this? What is this? Mm-hmm. All right. And then you have the squeaker toy. Squeak, squeak the toy. She's going to look around like, where's the squeaker? Where's the squeaker? Now you just got her mind off of you know, being reactive to that truck, that car, or whatever. All right. Can I, do I need to do the squeaker in the house when I'm doing the touch? The Every once in a while, you could know. Yeah, but no, the, the squeaker and the touch doesn't go together. They're two oh, okay. separate items. If you oh, know okay. she's not listening to what is this, then squeak the toy to get her attention to turn to you, and then you can go. Oh, what is this? The squeaker is an attention getter to get her to turn her head to you. You know, to like what? What? Where's the squeaker? Where's the squeaker? All right, and that gets her mind off off of reacting to that that car, that truck, or whatever type thing. Okay. Okay. So that's what okay. you got to do is in, in your every day you're going to practice the what is this game at least three times every day. 
Okay, you can do okay. three times at a time, one, at, or once, one, one time, one another time. Now, remember, your goal is that she comes up, takes her nose, and brings it up and touches it. That's your, that's your goal. Now, if she doesn't, but every time she takes one step towards that chair with the, that you're touching, you stop mm -hmm. saying, what is this? And then praise her like crazy. Oh, what a buddy. Oh, such a buddy. Look at you. You're such a buddy. Mm -hmm. All right? Because, okay. uh, and, and, and then uh, after three times, she still hasn't come up to it. Then you just go on to something else. You know, go outside, play ball, whatever. And then and mm -hmm. try it again a little bit later. So then you'll as she gets braver and she understands the game and how much fun it is, okay, now mm -hmm. you're working together as a team, then you should be able yep. to get it any time you want and this will be redirecting her when you see you see her scared out of walks okay okay okay, okay give that a shot and then give back to me if there's still more problems because there's always there's a lot of different things this is the main one that usually works okay okay i'll try but don't Thank you. Get, remember what we're not going to say right what are we not right. going to say not okay <laughs> yes not <laughs> yeah. okay okay you become the cheerleader and not the right. recoiler become yay you yay you squeak 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 yay you come on we can do this okay yeah. help her through it because once she can okay. stop and concentrate then she can react to it all right okay 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 you Thank can do you. it and you can do it. I got. I then also teach her other things. You know, like do some brain games and um, some tricks. Get her thinking more, yeah. and thinking about other things, and then okay. things aren't so scary anymore. If there's some more brain input, okay? Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet, Appreciate kid. It. You bet. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Yep. Bye bye. Yep. No, like I said, people, it's not okay. You know, you go to the, you pull up to the vet parking lot or the grooming parking lot, and the dog is like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're here, oh good, oh," my. and then right away you start petting them and go, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay," and the dog is like, "It's not okay, I'm gonna die. This is a groomer. Have you heard the noise in a grooming salon? <laughs> you know, or the being at the vet." So that's what you got to do. Don't recoil. Become the strength that the dog needs. Hey, we're going to do fine here. Yes, we are. Look at this. Look at this. What do you think? Go opposite how the, how the dog is reacting. If the dog is, you know, being a butthead, screaming and that, hey, 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 that's enough. And whatever your quiet word is, quiet or, don't, or shut the heck up, whatever it is. Be what you want the dog to be. Okay, Mr. Brian, where are we at? All right, we have three minutes till the next break, but we okay. can introduce the next caller. All righty then, who do we got? Yeah, so we have Becky on the line, and she has a question about how to relax a dog while trimming their toenails. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Hi, Becky, how you doing? Hi, Katie, I love your show. Thank oh, thank you. you. There. I appreciate it. All right, my question is not about my dog, it's about my grand dog. He's okay. a... He's a uh, Boston Terrier mix. Okay. He's about nine years old. Um, I usually trim his nails. He, my daughter, doesn't want to even try to do it. Okay. And um, but I have listened to you forever, and so I and he's fearful of it. So I try to do one toenail here, one yep. toenail there. Excellent. Just yeah, just once in a while. I make sure I don't get the quick or anything like yep. that. This tip the nail. Yeah, but he's become just freaked out, and he doesn't want you. He never liked it, but he, right. he just pulls his paw away, and now he just now he really puts up a fuss. And I, I you know, it's hard to trim a nail when they're jerking oh. their paw away. So I'm wondering, <laughs> is there anything? What else can I do? Well, what you could do is two things. You could not be the villain anymore, and just bring it to somebody that can do it. Zip, zip, zip. 
And now you're not the villain anymore. Otherwise, if you okay. want to continue, then what you have to do is what I had to do with my Zelda. I had to tag team her. Whereas, um, to Northern, I started out with one nail on a foot. And what I would do is, you know, have somebody giving her treats or I'd be giving her treats. Okay. Oh, what a pupper. Okay. Okay, here's a treat. Hey, what a pupper. There's a treat. And then at the time, I'm holding the paw. Okay. I'm not cutting it. I'm just, you know, I'm doing this every so often where I'm not always going to cut the paw or the nail when I touch it. Okay. Okay. So then when it's time to do the nail, then what I'm going to do now, do you use a Dremel or do you use a cutter? Cutter. Okay, good. Okay. So then what you're going to do is have somebody hold, you know, bring it, be the treat person. And remember, yep. just make it really tiny and stinky treats. Nutrisaurus has, it's called soft and tender salmon. They stink to high heaven, and dogs love things that stink. And you can okay. break them into, like, threesies, you know. And then what you're going to do is that your, t- your person that's helping you is going to be doing, you know, the treats. And so then now, you know, oh, good job, good job. You take the paw, take the paw. And then all of a sudden, chink, one's done. Yay, yay, yay. A couple more treats and we're done. All right? You got to make it almost like a circus so the dog's not sure what to look at. The person with the treats, yours, or toenail. All right? Okay. And, and okay. so the whole thing is don't, every time you touch the paw, going to cut a nail. Periodically have your, did you say your daughter? It's your daughter's dog? Yeah, it's my daughter's yeah. dog. Okay, so have her where she gives a treat and touches the paw. You know, just kind of takes it, puts a little bit of pressure on it, you know. Oh, look yeah. at the paw and call it paw. Call, call it something. Paw, yay. Okay, then another treat. Let's see the paw. Oh, nice paw. And a little pressure, pressure, pressure. And so that when you're ready to cut a nail, he's used to having his, pe- uh, you know, his feet touched. So that, that, you know, you're kind of desensitizing him to that. He's getting a treat, being willing to play with, the, you know, the paw. All right, but you got to oh, make sure that the, yeah, but make sure that the treat is really high value, you know, really stinky, so the dog wants it. Sometimes too, what some people have done, dogs that hate baths. I'm sure you've probably seen this on on Facebook. They put peanut butter on the wall of the shower, and so oh the God. dog is licking the peanut butter and could care less about getting a bath. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, we, and, that's a great idea with the treat. We have usually one of. One of her kids, or, or she tries to distract them, but we haven't done the treat thing, so I think that would work. Yeah, because I'm not a treat trainer, but this is a have-to-be-a-treat thing. You know, where you get the dog, you know, so used to being his paws touched, and he gets something good, and everybody's happy, and stuff like that. But see, usually you come at him like, okay, we're going to get this done, okay? We're, we're, you know, and then the dog starts getting more am- amped up, because he's worried about what's coming, what's coming. And so oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, and so that's why, like I said, but just try that, like I said, if you can do one one nail a time yay you know after you cut that one nail just you know be, be the party yay yay here's another treat yay you look pick up the paw touch it again yay 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 but it doesn't you don't cut a nail just make yeah, sure right. that you yeah that uh what do you want to call it um you don't get into such a beat that, that is the exact same thing you know what i mean change it up yeah. and so he, okay. he's not sure what's coming if another nail cut is coming or if it's just play time all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I think that'll work great. <laughs> good. Good. Just be happy. 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 Take. And then, like I say, if it really gets, you know, terrible, then like have somebody be else be the ogre, and then you don't have to worry about it. Okay. Yep. I got it. Thank okay. you, Katie. Take okay. care. Right. Thanks for the call. Yep. You're bye bye. Yes. All right. Hey, you got a qu- got a question? Give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one. That's six five one six four one one zero seven one. We got some people listening to the show, and I learned something today. I paid Brian. It paid for me to get out of bed. Guess what <laughs> right. I learned? You look at. Guess what I learned about today? What's that? I have a gal here that listens to our show. Her name's Vicky, and she's into ferrets. I have never been into ferrets because. Um, 
Ferrets are kind of a cousin to Mink. All right. <laughs> and Mink and Mink have taken some of my uh, my chickens out <laughs> over the years, and so I'm not a fan. But I've always been intrigued by their intelligence and then what you feed a ferret. And so we talked, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so about it, and I learned a lot. And I didn't realize that ferrets are more like the the for feeding that what we talk about for cats is almost equivalent to uh, to ferrets, where they are a true carnivore. You know, like cats are a true carnivore. They don't have a, they have a no-carb need, and that's why a lot of cats start throwing up, being fed off dry food all the time. And so anyway, but yeah, so it was really interesting to talk to Vicky because, like I said, I know nobody, nobody in my circle has ever had a ferret. And I've only seen them on, there's a couple of shows, like Disney shows, where they, they were, they befriended somebody that was not, you know, I mean, we're oh, trying to think. Carabina, did Carabina, did they have ferrets there? I can't remember. Yeah, there's I don't a know. Couple, there's a couple shows where, they, you know, that ferrets were friended and they actually helped the person get out of trouble. Yeah, so the I, only, I know they're smart as get out. Yeah, the but. only movie that comes to mind is Kindergarten Cop, but. Oh, <laughs> I haven't thought of that one for a long time. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But I know there's another movie, too. Oh, well. Uh-huh. Oh, also, yeah, we are uh, rubbing against the break. Oh, rubbing, rubbing against. Oh, that means uh, I just went over. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's good. I like how you uh, express that. You said, Katie, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're rubbing against the break. Okay, here's another one. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, did it in 1922, Ralph Sam- Samuelson, he invented something that he took for the first ride on a motorboat in Lake Pepin, in, I mean Lake City. Uh, you know, well, that's Lake Pepin, but it's out of Lake City. So what was that invention? We'll be right back. All right. That was not a bad song. At least it wasn't Justin Bieber. Like, <laughs> whatever, anyway. <laughs> oh, hopefully you can uh, got some questions for me, folks. 651-641-1071. Okay, we in, where are we at here? Okay, 1922, Ralph Samuelson. Yeah, whatever. Okay, invented what? He took it for the first ride on Lake, uh, Lake, in Lake City, which is Lake Pepin. Do you have any idea what that might be? Um, no, I have no clue. Okay, in 1922, Ralph Samuelson invented water skis. Ooh. He steam bent two eight-foot-long pine boards into skis, and he took his first ride behind a motorboat on a lake in Lake City, which is Lake Pepin. Isn't that something? Yeah, have you ever water skied? (laughs) Okay, yes, I did. It took me maybe 15 times and about 18 beers, but no, I, I got up. <laughs> but then, and I swallowed half the lake, and then I got up, and I went around and around, and I was getting tired, and then I got scared that now how do I get off of these things? And so, you know, they bring you by, you're supposed to let go of the rope, and I was too scared and wouldn't let go. <laughs> so then I had to go around again. It took five times to come in, around the lake. And the, this was fun. This is my friends for me. They held up. I had four friends that held up a beer in each head. So there's four beers. They were standing there. Come and get them. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I, I literally, because I'm not a swimmer. I'm not a lake person. I'm a horseback rider. I like land. <laughs> mm. And um, anyway. So I uh, I bucked it up and I came in and I landed and actually I did pretty everybody was smiling even though it took me so long to get up I was so sore the next day I either pulled too hard or didn't pull enough and anyway so yeah that was but like I said I never cared for I don't like snow skiing either you know this is not my gig mm, okay. 
But yeah, I admire anybody that can really water ski because it really does. You got man, it's good timing trying to get up and then also getting down, man. That's tough. Oh yeah. You know, not to like hit the uh, the shoreline too bad, and then you wind up doing a face plant. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. All right, six five one six four one one zero seven one. Any callers back there, sir? I'm actually going to take a call right now. So okay, you take sec. the call and then I'll talk. <laughs> okay. <coughs> You know that I'm always saying, you know, uh, please get the weight off your uh, dogs and cats. Because, you, you know, if your dogs are overweight, you could take three to four years off their life. Uh, dogs aren't with us long enough as it is, and neither any any of our pets. I'm lucky to have uh, the oldest cat that I ever had was 25 years old, and that was uh, Mittens. That was my daughter who named her. And then um, her mom, Carla, went to 22. And uh, my horse right now, Jake, is 34. And I almost lost him twice within the last four years, but uh, through natural stuff and oils and, yeah, but anyway. But the whole thing is, is none of them are overweight. I've All my life, I've been overweight myself, but I've always had awesome-looking dogs, okay, and horses and cats. Because overweight causes so much, you know, diabetes, joint problems. You know, all of a sudden now, uh, dog people are calling the dogs pork chop because he doesn't move. He doesn't go, he never goes out of the yard because he can't move to the boundary. He's so fat. So that's why what you want to try to do is nix. Usually it's the treats that sends the dogs over the top, and people still feed them the same at dinner and lunch and breakfast. So start using veggies, all kinds. Uh, zucchini is of abundance right now. <laughs> do a zucchini. Uh, 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 broccoli, cauliflower. Dogs really like cauliflower because dog things like love things that stink. Okay, and cauliflower stinks pretty nice. Okay, then we got um, uh, uh, green peas, green beans, uh, stuff like that. So give that, put it so much of a ration in a... I don't want you want a cup, all right? And then that's what you have for that day. So you're just not feeding them bags and bags of, of uh, you know, vegetables because then that can be too bad too. So just cut back on the, on the treats, okay, folks, until you can get them down. And then cut back on the food. Use smaller bowls. Now, remember, I'm a big, huge nut. Do not feed dry food dry. Remember, that's, uh, dogs were meant to eat dry food. That's human convenience. So the thing is, is that um, by rehydrating it for them, your dog and your cat will be a lot healthier. They don't have, their system doesn't have to absorb it and break it down. Now, remember, how do dogs eat? Dogs don't eat, they don't chew, they swallow, they gulp. So what you wanted, that whole, that whole nugget goes down, then they drink a whole butt of water, whole bunch of water, and then that all is getting their stomach, and now the stomach has to rehydrate that dry kibble. So make it a lot easier for your dog or for your cat. Rehydrate the food. So then it's already broken down, and they can absorb more from it, and it's going to go, it's, it's a lot easier for all concerned is what it is. So uh, anyway, so what do, what do we got now, Brian? Oh, we got like 20 seconds for the hard break. Oh, the hard break. Oh, that's right. Oh, we got hard breaks, soft breaks, over breaks, break <laughs> breaks. <laughs> okay, so the big thing is to use smaller bowls. And remember, as your dogs age, they t- t- they're no longer growing, so they eat less. So if you've been feeding like um, a cup in the morning, a cup at night. Go to three quarter, a half a cup in the uh, cup in the morning, and a half a cup at night. Okay, start changing the food. Back off on the evening feed. That's the main name of the game. Okay. Uh, there is something, loose trousers that were made back in 1991 by two bodybuilders. What were they? 